0: Happy New Year, hope you all had a relaxing holidays. In this new year 2021, I'm excited to be back with the first episode of the Business Developer Podcast. The beginning of a new year may be the time for resolutions for many of us. In those resolutions, we include many new learnings we would like to imbibe in our lives. As we plan to execute on that, one important point we have to remember, more often than not, for us to make space for new learnings we need to make an effort to unlearn some of our past learnings. And unlearning is very difficult, as those have already become part of us as our habits. For us to get some motivation or food for thought to help us with our own needed unlearnings. In this episode, I am presenting the snippets of the unlearnings that the guests to the Business Developer Podcast have shared in the past year, in 2020. I hope you benefit from that and get some food for thought towards your own learnings and unlearnings. To start with, let's listen to the thoughts on unlearning or de-learning shared by Anders Wickman, and well-known personality and sustainability champion.
1: I think de-learning is uh, very much required both with regard to short-term versus long-term, but also with regard to the fact that we, are, we have been educated and trained, trained most of us in silo-based structures. And, and very few people understand the interconnectedness between things and uh, have a view of, of the whole. That to me has been too dramatic and emerging challenges over my life. While I was in the Red Cross, for instance, I, over the years, I, I gradually came to understand that yes, relief is important, but even more important, this is preparedness and prevention because many of the so-called natural disasters can be prevented. We cannot do so much about strong and extreme weather events, but we can make sure that people don't come in harm's way. And we can um, avoid getting into severe droughts by by managing soils in a different way, by by not don't deforesting an area, etc. So there are many things we can do as humans to avoid serious disasters. In the 1980s, when I was actively involved in this, there was very little thinking about it, and it was very difficult to convince, in this case, my board, the Swedish Red Cross, and then the International Red Cross, to really set aside a sizable portion of our funds for prevention and preparedness. The thinking was, we are an emergency organization. We are doing relief, full stop. So that was one example, and I learned a lot from that. And, and after that, prevention has been in the back of my head all the time. In any kind of situation I am, I, I always look at what what can we do to avoid risks in this context. So I think I would have been a good person in, a, in an insurance company, maybe. The, 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 those are a few things. I, I was trained uh, as an economist, and I think there you see a, a lot of problems. I mean, economics is still taught as if the main thing was the relationship between production and consumption, and then in the middle you have finance, and then you had a black box, called innovation, which you don't really know what it is, but it's, all, it's there. But nature and the stability of a natural system is all, all, almost taken for granted. Can you imagine that, that you know, sophisticated economists, most of them have not have not learned anything about how the planet works. We have put an economic model on top of nature, and we hope that it will work. Instead of building it bottom-up, trying to understand how natural systems function, how ecosystems function and make sure that what we do is in an alignment with that? I mean, it worked well as long as we were relatively few people and we lived in what I called in my latest book, the empty world. But now we live in the full world, almost 8 billion people. And everybody is striving for the same kind of lifestyles as Europeans or Americans. Do You think that's possible? And economists, what do they do? How much do they help us? They talk about externalities when they talk about pollution and climate change as if this was something rather marginal. It's not marginal. It, it's the main issue now. So economists have to de-learn. I very often quote my friend Cameron Happen from the Oxford University. He said in a seminar a few years ago, he said, the economics, he said, is still taught as if the last 30 to 40 years didn't happen. And I think that's a, that's a very strong statement.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Anders Wikman, please visit episode number 13, published on November 15th, 2020. Next, let's listen to Elin Bergman, who has been referred to as the Circular Economic Queen of Sweden.
2: Yeah, but I'm not so sure... It was good in the past, but I used to work in the entertainment industry and I was uh, flying everywhere. I was, uh, I don't even know what my carbon footprint looked like. Um, so one of the things that I kind of let go of is a bad habit. I stopped flying uh, or I fly as as little as I can to to try to be a good role model for other people. That it's actually a very nice life you can have without flying everywhere. So usually I, I have a really nice vacation every summer. I go down to the Mediterranean by train instead and go sailing or you know enjoy a good vacation in the sun. But you don't have to do it with a large footprint. I also become a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian the last 20 years. And I also really try to shop less. So I try to only buy things from second-hand clothes stores, for instance, and uh, as much as possible live a, a good consumer life instead of buying new things. So, But I, I'm not sure uh, that it was a good practice before, but I'm, I really changed the way I live, but I think I have a better life now with more value. So I re- highly recommend doing it for other people.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Ellen Bergman, please visit episode number four, published on September 12th, 2020. Next, let us listen to Axel Boethius, an experienced sustainability strategist with a demonstrated history of working in environmental services industry.
3: Well, uh, I have a master's in, in business, so uh, basically working in a in a sustainable environment is relearning everything i I thought i knew about business i remember the the very first thing in business school when in the microeconomics was that one unit for more for the same price is always better which is not it's just not true so relearning and sometimes it's 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 better just to start from scratch experience is 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 good but not always great so uh, just to be open-minded and and uh, have a sense of, of criticism or uh, openness to, to everything you think you know. I think it's very important in these times. It's, it's very interesting times and dynamic times, changing times. So uh, yeah, being creative with that is something I try to, to keep myself account- accountable to uh, every day and just challenging uh, everything.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Axel Bohetius, please visit episode number 9, published on October 17th, 2020. Next, let us listen to Ashwin Ramesh, Director of Technology Alliances at HashiCorp.
4: Probably the most important thing, Sujay, that gets talked about the least, right, which is we live in a constantly dynamic environment. I love this thing that I'd heard, which talks about how technology is nonlinear while as human beings are linear in changing. And I think that gap keeps on growing. If your rate of change as a human being is not close to or mapping to the rate of exponential change that technology or management practices for that matter is, right? That gap keeps on growing. So, so for me, it has been constantly being open to change, a almost in some sense, even being uh, vulnerable to some things that I don't know about. In the initial parts of the career, you're, you're in the sense where you have less experience, but you have a lot of energy, right? So you're constantly learning. You're almost like a toddler learning new alphabets and new sentences. So you're learning so much. And then I think the human mind comes to a stage where you think, I probably know enough, right? And that's when the learning starts to slow down because you get a little, uh, it's a harsh word, but maybe lazy is a good word. But you get a bit lazy in some sense, right? I just want us to be more conscious about it. Even this laziness, if it's a—if it's conscious laziness because you want to focus your energy on some other part of your life, maybe you want a more balanced life, you have a small child, what you have an aging parent, whatever your priority in life is, that's fine. But I think just being conscious and more mindful of how you need to be driving changes in your career is very important. And that allows you to say, okay, now I need to unlearn and relearn a lot of the things because of the changes in the market. Take my example. And in some sense, since I know your background in some sense, which is that services works in a very different way, right? You're building a custom solution out for a particular customer that works very differently where you can do just-in-time pilation or sort of solution creation of something. And then present that in a very custom manner to the customer, whereas products, especially in a SaaS scenario, work very differently where you need an aggregated demand understanding of what the customer wants and then pre-build these things to be able to offer them to the customer and then be able to constantly iterate on those changes to be able to adopt to what the customer looks for. I also look at companies this way, right? So I don't think this is just about human beings being able to unlearn and, and relearn, but I think if COVID-19 has given any lessons in 2020, it's really that if your organizational culture and fabric is not meant to be able to unlearn and relearn and change, adapt to the changing situation, I think companies fail or thrive in that exact manner, right? So you can almost see a replica between things that I mentioned with respect to a human being to to an organization. And and we'll see those examples or we are seeing those examples as as we pass by.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Ashwin Ramesh, please visit episode number two, published on August 29th,
4: 2020.
0: Now let us listen to Rupali Mehra, founder of Content People.
5: I would say that learning and unlearning, it's a constant and it's a experimental process, right? And I feel the more we interact with diverse sets of people and the more we interact with diverse cultures and different places the more vibrant is this process so again coming back to the fact that i have been in the communications field and i have been a journalist out there so this happens very often you may have say a certain thought or you may have a certain notion when you truly engage with somebody else that notion may change And that's really important, you know, to keep one's ears and eyes and ears open, right? And especially uh, more so when you become an entrepreneur, because often as an entrepreneur, one puts on blinders and works on, say, their product or what they are building. But at the same time, it is important to keep engaging and to keep interacting, not necessarily just about your business or what you are building, but other aspects of life as well, because that's when you get to connect the dots. And I think that's important. So interacting with, you know, people from different cultures, go for a play when you're in the middle of a hard problem. You may never know what that play might be, might trigger or go meet somebody totally not connected with uh, with what you're building, with your enterprise. And it can trigger a very interesting creative process for yourself, or it can help you solve a problem that has been at the back of your head when it comes to your own business. So yeah, this learning, unlearning, relearning, it's a constant process, I feel. And it's important that we engage with that both consciously and sort of subconsciously all the time. It helps in in multiple ways.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Rupali Mehra, please visit episode number six, published on October 3rd, 2020. Now let us listen to Raghav Radhakrishnan, Krishnan, Vice President and Global Client Executive at Entity Data Services. You know, I, I
6: think I think life in itself is a constant process of unlearning and learning, right? You got to you got to be willing to unlearn as well, and not hold on to things when clearly they don't work or they're not correct, right? Stuff like that. So, I would say earlier on in my career, again, and this is also a function of what kind of industry you are involved in. You know, earlier, it was more channel sales and things like that for me with Asian Paints. And then I moved to more relationship-based uh, B2B kind of selling, right, with Citibank and then technology. So I was a lot more aggressive early on in my career. I believed persuasion is primarily <laughs> the art of selling, right? And clearly, that was a behavior which did give me a lot of success in initially, right, especially with Asian Paints and all of that, that I've, I've certainly had to unlearn. You know, you've got to, as you mature in your career, you, you, you agree with the fact that many times less is more and the more can only come from and the more should come from what value are you taking to your client? You know, focus internally on what can I do uh, as an organization for, to, to, to help my client? And then you try and amplify that value that you can deliver. If you do that, then your client is all the more interested in talking to you and he's all the more interested in learning more about what you're talking about and giving you that time. Right. so rather than try to persuade um, you know individuals try and focus on the value you can bring i think that's that's a big learning for me
0: To listen to the complete episode with Raghav Radha Krishnan please visit episode number 7 published on October 3rd 2020 Now let us listen to Jonas Theodorson co-owner and business developer at Keywordio
7: I was looking for the next step in my career, I think it's really natural. Then you, you aim to actually, well, you aim for signing a new job, getting a yes, getting like, okay, I need to get the yes to do that. But I also realized that only made me like disappointed when, for example, I got a no from uh, a job that I applied to. And I realized that I learned so much during a recruitment process. So why should I actually think a no should be a bad thing? So I started to think about this the other way around. And I started to collect the no's instead. So to unlearn getting the yes and to learn getting the no's and actually collect the no's. So I really appreciate that was something that that was really good for, for me. Yeah, it's really good because you learn a lot in a recruitment process, for example. Yeah. And then another thing is that, yeah, just because I have a background in applied mathematics, I think that data is really interesting, but i also realized that there's a lot of people that doesn't think it is that interesting. Listen to the people that you are meeting and and understand like what is important for them. Just because I think it is important doesn't mean that they think it is as important. So uh, I would say that is also something I, I would point out for for that. And maybe the the last thing, I, yeah, I mentioned before, you know, trying to solve email for myself. Something I haven't solved it, but uh, you know, getting rid of all the notifications, don't have Gmail app on your phone and really work to disconnect. This is something I need to unlearn how I do emails.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Jonas Theodosan, please visit episode number 12, published on November 8th, 2020. Next, let us listen to Priyadarshini Sharma, VP Marketing Asia Pacific at McCormick & Company.
8: especially relevant right now because of the way that our world has changed in the last uh, six, seven months, right? In terms of uh, the with, with COVID kind of being the order of the day. And it's very interesting. I was actually living in China when uh, COVID had first started. And then, you know, we've just after that, we've moved to Singapore. But uh, it's really, I think that the it's it's been a process of steep learning. I joined a new company, where uh, a new company I joined, where I've actually never met anyone physically. It's all been uh, it's all been online, right? So I, I think uh, one of the things which I'll say that uh, is something that I've had to unlearn or or create a different way of doing is this idea of how to make connection. Um, where you know previously you could meet people and you could kind of feel the energy and you know feel the interaction, and when you meet face to face, it's a completely different. Uh, quality of interaction uh, if you will but now that we are in a in a video conferencing world now i've had to learn a little bit more of how can i create those connections or how can i create those relationships which uh, which are very important of course for doing business right it's really the informal communication that for fosters uh, that fosters faster decision making and actually fosters better uh, better decision making as well so that's one of the things that I think I've had to learn with the absence of a water cooler. How can I create a virtual water cooler and uh, and build those relationships um, in um in this time? I think that's one of the things that I've had to learn. The other thing, you know, more from a marketing perspective is that previously, you know, when we used to have campaign evaluations, it used to be done at the end of the campaign. Right. So you put a campaign out there. And then you put all the money on it. And then at the end of the campaign, you find out, okay, how did I do? But this doesn't work anymore, especially because a lot of stuff is happening in the digital social space uh, where everything happens very, very fast. So kind of course correcting on the go, also tracking and making sure that you're doing that A B testing and, you know, putting your best foot forward. Uh, That's something which I've had to learn as well. So, you know, I've unlearned the, the thing around wait for, cam- you know, put all the money behind the campaign, have faith in it and keep seeing it through. That's something I've had to unlearn and actually said, okay, let's track after after one week, let's track and see what is the kind of response we're getting, especially to digital um, or social campaigns and then see what we need to change or what, how we need to course correct um, so that we can make the best use of resources. It's, you know, really dynamically allocate resources based on what you're learning uh, rather than wait you know, commit resources up front and wait for the end to see how you performed. I think that's one of the big learnings which has happened as well in the last few years.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Priyadarshini Sharma, please visit episode number 8, published on October 10th, 2020. Now, let us listen to Sophie Auba, co-founder and CEO of Yellow.
2: Yes, completely. And I mean, it's also related to something I actually already talked a bit uh, about in, in the postcard earlier is about actually accepting imperfection. I've been a bit, you know, like the good, the very good student, always doing things, my homework in time and uh, doing things, you know, I wanted, I wanted it to be perfect before I would actually show something. And then in a startup, you actually very quickly realize that this is not going to work. And sit for two years in a room and develop a product and then show it to the customer for the first time. So this is something that was really hard for me at the beginning to sort of accept. And actually, it's just like something which is just vital to, to succeed.
0: To listen to the complete episode with Sophie Auba, please visit episode number five, published on September 19th, 2020. Next, let us listen to Vijay Prabhat Kamlakara founder of Story Trails.
9: Top of the mind, I think the first, uh, the most important thing, most important takeaway I've had in all these years is uh, to stop aiming for perfection in your product. Frankly, most of your customers don't need that perfect product. You have to be pragmatic. Uh, you have to meet and, of course, exceed your customers' expectations for sure. But you need to learn to stop with that. You know, your own aspirations for the product shouldn't become the yardstick. Yeah, you, you shouldn't say, I have this dream for this product, so I will continue working on it till I reach that stage. Um, so you need to look at what the market needs, service that and a little more. Uh, and that's that's good enough. That's that's what you need uh, to scale. The second, of course, what we've already covered, and I can't talk enough about it, but it's, it's about not getting too comfortable with uh, what you have so you have to keep reinventing uh, you know believing that uh, if you have a good product your customers will come to you uh, no you have to go after the market like your life depends on it more so if you have a product that is better than the others products so these are two two learnings that uh, you know i have taken to heart and uh, i wouldn't say i've I, i've still overcome some of this but i'm trying that that's what i would like to keep uh, going back to every single day
0: To listen to the complete episode with Vijay Prabhat Kamrakara, please visit episode number 11, published on October 31st, 2020. Now, let us listen to Sukhdi Arora, Chief People Officer
10: Anna Rock. I remember I started as an individual contributor and then finally moved on to leading teams. One of the things that I found very hard to unlearn was to be able to delegate. It was very difficult for me to delegate, especially some of the key parts of the job. Even if I gave something, I had to check it twice to make sure that this is done to its perfection. Over a period, I learned that this is not the best way, especially if you want your team members to grow into leaders. And thus, I had to unlearn this thing of doing everything on my own or checking second checking your team members it took me time to allow them to make their own mistakes and learn from them like i did i had to unlearn about always telling them what to do and in a way then exactly to allow them to make those mistakes it was easy for me to say hey i learned this and i think this is the this is the right thing to do in this situation i still do it but very less very less I hold myself back, let the solution come from the team members. Or if they want guidance, then I tell them, this is what I think we could do. But I mostly now try and let them find a solution. You know, the best thing, Sujay, of this new thing that I've done is that I have learned a new way of doing some things. Because not always what worked in a particular situation earlier would again be the best thing. To do in in that situation again because times would have changed something would have changed for that situation some levers would have changed and unless you draw upon the diversity of your team the different ideas that they may have about doing something different in a situation how are you going to grow as an individual so while i saw i started doing this to allow my team members to grow i think i've myself grown i myself learned more by being able to do this To listen to the
0: complete episode with Sukhdi Paroda, please visit episode number 14, published on November 24th, 2020. Next, let us listen to Ove Holt, founder A-Camp.
9: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not perfect at all. I think I probably have a a tendency to sometimes to act, you know, we talked about the the doer mentality. I think sometimes I have a you know my my profile and my my personality is probably a bit you know fast paced fast pacing guy right. So sometimes I need to slow down and and not act so fast and probably be a little bit more analytical and make sure I have the whole team with me and uh, probably you know listen a little bit more. So I think that that's learning. Always going to have top of mind. We are all different, right? So I'm still trying to. I'm still trying to unlearn it.
0: <laughs> to listen to the complete episode with Owe Holt, please visit episode number seventeen, published on December thirteenth, twenty twenty. Next, let us listen to Adam Webb, founder of Lifelong.
11: The main one I learned, which I slightly highlighted before was when my business partner chris left and i had to i had to learn basically the financials of the company i know that sounds a bit crazy when you're a business develop and it's about making money and creating business but i was always dug my head in the sand in that always expected someone else to do that part of the business and i had to kind of unlearn that trait and really really look under the hood of the the bonnet basically That was one part which I kind of had to unlearn in myself is not to always stick my head in the sand on things which I find complex or difficult. You know, when you're looking at spreadsheets or margins, that's the part I had to unlearn is digging my head in the sand. One of the main other unlearnings which I feel really strongly about, my first company I launched in Paris, I launched with a really good friend. And the pressure of running a business, we we clearly weren't open and honest with each other. we had been friends since we were 11 years old and we were 20, 25, 26. But the pressure from the business, running a business in a country where you didn't speak the language at the time was difficult. And we just weren't honest with each other about our our feelings. And that's one thing I had to, you know, I had to unlearn is like, you really need to be open about your feeling. Business isn't just about one direction, making money. It's about understanding your business partners, your teams, you know, how they are feeling, basically. And the company collapsed in Paris because we weren't honest. We weren't open. We didn't speak to each other about what was upsetting us. That was one of my biggest learnings, which, which I bring to all my other companies, is to be open and, you know, if you're upset, or if you're sad or if you're annoyed or if you question talk about it because if you don't it will just build up like a like a volcano and then when that explodes you know the business will collapse so you know I had to kind of unlearn not to hide my internal feelings and, and to be much more open and, and it's really really helped me in my businesses and relationships with you know co-founders now so for example my co-founder from lifelong who who unfortunately left we are still super good friends and secretly i would love him to come back and join lifelong but i don't think it's going to happen but from my experience in paris and having nearly lost a friend due to not being open when it came to lifelong and the relationship didn't work out with my business partner now there was no hard feelings because we were open we talked so that's they, they are probably my two biggest unlearned so to speak
0: to listen to the complete episode with Adam Webb, please visit episode number 15, published on November 29, 2020. Now to the final snippet of this unlearning episode. Let us listen to Anders Ingves, a business leader.
12: I think it's a very, very common and present learning that is unlearning. I sat in a, a mentoring talk uh, the other day and the mentor said, "Yeah, now I have tried what we decided last week and it's so exhausting. So then I asked, asked the mentor, why is it exhausting? And then she, she the mentor, said, well... I think it's because it's something new, so it takes a lot of energy to learn it, but it also a lot of hinders because the way I used to do it. So a a lot of new behaviors (laughs) uh, takes the place for old behaviors. So learning is always unlearning, but I will also give you some Uh, Really, really clear examples. In the 90s, when I was working with advertising, uh, there were a a way of attacking uh, communication challenges. And in short, it's called AIDA, which is you will build attention in your target group, and then you build interest, and then you build desire, and then you want them to do something. So, action. And we were looking into the cruise market on the Baltic, so Viking Line and Celia Line and so on. And in this move from attention to action, if you look into the target group, it will always be fewer. So, you can get attention of now, I just to make it a clear picture, of 100%. Out of those 100%, there will only be maybe 70 that's interested and 30 that has the desire and 10 that buys. And then suddenly we saw, connected to one of the the brands, that the desire was higher than the interest. That was totally unexpected and it wasn't possible out of the theory so then I and we just had to unlearn take away the AIDA and start to investigate buying behaviors and desire behaviors out of an other map so that that's what a very very clear need for unlearning and this is the other example the first Scrum meeting I attended, then I was a CEO of the company and I was interested in understanding Scrum. And I saw the storyline with all the post it notes. And the first member of the team went up to the table and took one post it note and said, This is what I will be doing today. It will take about four hours. and so on. And the wow factor for me, when I could see developers taking their task and putting it under their name and saying, this is what I will be doing today. That moved my thinking away from long plans and so on. And it really open up the door for agile working so that was also a clear unlearning experience
0: to listen to the complete episode with anders ingves please visit episode number 16 published on december 6th 2020 so that was the first episode of the business developer podcast in 2021 focusing on unlearning hope you liked it and got some valuable food for thought towards your own journey of learnings and unlearnings. I hope to soon come back with the next episode of the Business Developer Podcast with our next guests. Watch out for that. Till then, stay happy, healthy, curious to learn. And what do you need to unlearn? Think about that. Bye for now.